our scriptures this morning begin with 2 Timothy <clears throat> verses 1 through 14. It can be found in page 842 of your pew Bibles. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you too. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. But it has come. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. The second reading is from Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10, and this is on page 741 in the Pew Bibles. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. He replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. This is the word of the Lord. Faith. May we live as people of gospel power. 
May we embody the spirit of self-discipline and love, and may the spirit that is ours by the grace and power of God through Jesus Christ be in us all. Amen. What is your calling? Now, for some of you, you may say it's my occupation. I'm called to be a farmer. I'm called to be a truck driver. I'm called to be a teacher. I'm called to work in the healthcare industry. Some of you may say, I'm still discerning or trying to figure out what my calling is. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what is your calling by God as a Christian? And I'm sure if I point blank ask you this, you might not be able to come up with an answer right this minute. You may have to think about it for a while. But don't say, I don't have a call. Because you do. You just may not realize just yet what that calling is. So no matter what, reflect on the words of Paul to Timothy from our reading this morning. Because Paul wrote, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. It's all about God and God's purposes. Because God has called us with his holy calling. And it's not to be taken lightly, and it's not to be taken at our convenience. Paul is writing this heartfelt letter to Timothy to remind him it's about the purposes of God. Now, as far as we know, this is the last thing that Paul wrote before his death. And so he's pouring out his heart to Timothy, telling him what is important, and reminding him it's not what we want. But one thing is certain. We have not been called by God to fit in with the, the world. God is the one who has saved us. God is the one who has called us with a holy calling not according to our works or our desires, but according to his own purpose and grace given to us by Christ before time began. It's not about works. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you're going to do. In fact, my works will never be good enough for God. Our past works do not matter. Our purposes do not matter. It's all about God's purposes, not ours. And here's the thing about God. He doesn't call us in the obvious ways. 
God doesn't have a CD radio. I'll give God the CD handle of the big man. And he doesn't call out over the air to, to Mushroom, to Toadstool, to Haymaker, to Hayseed, or any other handle. You know who you are. God calls us in unusual ways. God called me in unusual ways. But as Christians, called by God according to God's purpose for our lives, there are four things that I really want to focus on this morning. Stir up the gift of God. Fan into flame the gift of God. Do not fear, for God has given us the spirit of timidity. And do not be ashamed of the gospel. Share in the sufferings of the gospel. First of all, stir up the gift of God. Fan the flame as the gift of God. But what is the gift of God? This probably refers to the spiritual gifts that we are given. Gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to every believer. The spiritual gifts that equip us to minister to others. And the word stir up or fan the flame, that means keep it blazing in our hearts. Keep the fire burning. But it also could mean to rekindle or re-stir the flame. Indicating that the flame may be going out. Now keep this in mind. Paul was facing death. Paul was about to be executed. And Paul sensed the need to give Timothy charge after charge. And so one of the very first things that Paul said to Timothy was to keep his spiritual gifts blazing and burning to the hardest part possible. He's used to use his gift to minister and never lack in zeal or desire. God gives him gifts. God gives us all gifts. And we are to do exactly what God has asked us to do and use the gifts that God has been given us. Second, don't fear. God has not given us a spirit to be timid. Too often, believers, whether you be lay people or ministers, fear using their gifts. They fear speaking up for Christ and the gospel. And why is that? They fear ridicule, criticism, embarrassment, opposition, mockery, and maybe even abuse. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can say we've all experienced these fears at one time or another. We have failed to witness. We have failed to use our gift in speaking up for Christ because we're afraid we might be persecuted. But the charge from God is clear and forceful. We are not to fear. We are not to fear other people. We are not to fear the trials that may come our way because we are living for Christ. And we are not to fear ridicule or persecution that may be launched against us because we are witnessing and ministering for Christ. 
Is it possible to keep from fearing if we live for Christ in this world? A world that is so evil and abusive? How do we keep from being apprehensive if we witness for Christ day by day? How can we keep from being cowardly when the world thinks that religion is to be kept in the church and not out in the world? How can we stand up for Christ when people mock us and poke fun at anyone who lives for Christ? Let me give you an example. Back on Wednesday, September 25th, we had CU at the poll. And we had 50-some people from West Salem down to grade school. We had kids, we had the faculty, we had staff, we had parents and grandparents, and they had like 70 or so people down at the high school in Albion. I thought this was great, the number of people that we had, so I put it out on Facebook. Hey, we had 53 or however many people here at West Salem. And you know what happened? I got criticized. And I got criticized by other pastors that this event was exclusive, that I as a pastor should not have been there supporting our youth because that's the job of the parents. That's not your job as a pastor to teach prayer and especially not prayer at school because that's just wrong. And I didn't get this from just one person. I got this from several. I'm looking forward to next year, by the way. <laughs> it's always the last Wednesday of September, so I'll, I'll be there. You know, I'll see you at the poll. I'll be there with however many people show up. But getting back to what I was saying, we need to let God equip us. And God's equipment does not include fear. God does not give us a timid spirit. God gives us the power of love, the spirit of self-discipline, and the Holy Spirit gives us power and love and self-discipline. Third, don't be ashamed of the gospel. We are not to shrink from identifying with the gospel or what Jesus has to tell us. We have to live for Jesus and share Jesus. Share the good news. Share by living for Christ. Share by speaking up for him, bearing testimony of his grace. Stand up for those who share Christ when they're being ridiculed or persecuted. In fact, what does Paul say in verse 8? He says, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. And any of us who truly live for the gospel will be opposed and misunderstood in the world. Why is that? Because we don't live like the rest of the world. We don't live sensual, immoral, ungodly lives. We do not follow after the things of the world, and therefore our righteous and godly deeds, which serve to convict the world of their ungodly ways, oftentimes leads us to being ridiculed and persecuted. But we're to jump right in with the believers and share the gospel to a starving and lost world. And finally, we're called to share in the sufferings of the gospel. If we live for Christ, if we live for the gospel, if we live godly lives, yeah, the 
ungodly world will persecute us. There's no escape from that. But we're not to fear. And we're not to be ashamed. We are to live for Christ and proclaim the good news. Stand up for the gospel. Because God has saved us by a holy calling. He has saved us by grace. He has freely saved us. Nothing that we have done, not one thing, has led to our salvation. The point is this. The gospel that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ, is part of God's plan. And we are to stand up for that good news. Because God has been revealed to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus destroyed death. Jesus brought life and immortality to us through the gospel. And that is the light of the gospel. And just as Christ destroyed death and brought life and immortality to all of us, we should proclaim this to others. So praise God and praise his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God of all ages, you have revealed your grace in our Savior, Jesus. And as we wait patiently on our mercies, strengthen us to live in your justice, that with open hearts we may hear and accomplish your will. Through Christ, who lights the way to life everlasting. Amen. Our next hymn is number 754.